Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Morally Straight Podcast, a show that brings you into conversation with the LGBTQ activists and allies who fought for a more inclusive future in the Boy Scouts of America. I'm your host, Mike DeSocio. I'm an independent journalist and Eagle Scout. In today's episode, I talked to Mark Anthony Dingbaum, who, as a campaign manager at Change.org, helped turn Jennifer Terrell's petition for inclusion into a nationwide movement. Thanks for listening. Let's jump in. Hi, Mark Anthony. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we've spoken a lot uh, over the over the course of the past year, really, as I've worked on this book. And last week, I had the chance to chat with uh, Mike Jones, who was one of your former co-workers at Change.org. So today, I'm, I'm hoping to chat about kind of that period of your life. And I wanted to start by, um, you know, learning a little bit more about what your role was at Change.org and how you kind of ended up working there. Sure, yeah. Um, stepping back a little bit, uh... I, you know, started my career really like in electoral politics. And even before that in college was organizing in Iowa around marriage equality at the time. Um, So very much so in the LGBTQ organizing space. Uh, From there, um, moved to San Francisco actually to support a lot of online organizing efforts around the state-based marriage fights. Um, And that ultimately led me to change.org at the time supporting LGBTQ online petitions. by the time the Boy Scout campaign kind of popped up on our radar, uh, I was a senior uh, campaign manager there, which essentially meant that I was supporting some of the biggest petitions on the site. Um, and really what that meant was, you know, people would come to this online petition platform, start a petition about anything and everything, uh, and target, you know, ideally specific targets to create some sort of social impact, some sort of change. Uh, it could be at a super local level or it could be like, you know, international big things as well. Um, and at the time, we were seeing in particular just a number of these kind of Boy Scout campaigns starting to pop up. Uh, but there was one that really broke through, uh, and that was uh, Jen Terrell's petition um, from Ohio as a, you know, a Cub Scout uh then mother who had been ousted because she's a lesbian from being able to lead her son's uh, pack. And it, you know, immediately started to really gain a lot of traction and energy because it's the whole premise of it seemed pretty outrageous. Like, you know, the Boy Scouts had gone all the way to the Supreme Court to kind of defend their right to discriminate against gay folks. Um, but here is a lesbian mother who was beloved by her, uh, by her, her den, by the, by the pack. And, posed zero threat uh, that anybody could possibly see uh, so that the it really kind of uh, gained a lot of fire. Um, and from there, we started doing a lot of power mapping of the Boy Scouts. I am not a scout. I don't really have any history uh, with the scouts at all. And it was quite a learning curve, actually, for me. Um, so power, by power mapping, what I mean is we dug into tax forms, 990s. We looked at the org structure. We held interviews with scouts. And scout leaders and scout families um, figured out what the board structure looked like, who was in leadership, uh, and also tried to get a sense of like their marketing and messaging and like kind of what they were pushing to sell scouting, just to like look for vulnerabilities. Um, it was no secret there had been coverage about you know declining numbers and 
many membership organizations, YMCA included, Boys and Girls Club, and the Scouts as well. Um, so there was some branding, rebranding work they were attempting to do to seem more relevant. Uh, and we knew that they pulled a lot of outside funding from corporations um, at a time when marriage equality was actually picking up a lot of steam. Uh, national views around LGBTQ rights were shifting in, in the favor of equality. And there were a lot of companies, corporations that were getting much more comfortable speaking out in support of the community. So we knew that those, all those pieces made it kind of a ripe opportunity to really hit the gas on this campaign. Yeah, that, that's a really great overview. I was going to ask you kind of, you know, what made Jen's petition stand out and, and why why now? And I think you explained that really well. Um, you know, early on in Jen's campaign, you realized that you need to bring in someone maybe with a little bit more of that BSA knowledge and credibility. Um, and you ended up turning to Zach Walls. Can you tell me how you kind of how he was on your radar and how you decided to bring him into the campaign? Sure. Uh, it's funny. So Zach and I both went to the University of Iowa, uh, both, both Iowans uh, originally, but I actually didn't know him in college at all, but I was following what he was doing. I followed his, you know, viral YouTube speech uh, in support of his, his moms. I knew he was, you know, he just got off of a book tour with his, uh, which is really kind of through the lens of his scouting experience and the values that he, he pulled from that and from the organization and just seemed like a perfect spokesperson. Also, we knew with this first deli petition delivery that we wanted to uh, uh, lead once the petition really took off and we had close to 300,000 signatures, we knew we wanted to engage the Boy Scouts directly, the Boy Scouts leadership. Um, they had uh, a meeting uh, coming up uh, at the Gaylord uh, Palms in Orlando and though, you know, we considered Jen being the actual person to deliver, we thought, well, because she's no longer a member, she's been kicked out, like the likelihood of them actually entertaining a meeting seemed pretty low. While we had Zach here, who's an Eagle Scout, you know, very much so outspoken because of this book tour about how much scouting meant to him, seemed like it could potentially be a much more approachable figure for the Boy Scouts leadership to actually engage in conversation around this policy. So, yeah, I gave the call <laughs> and, uh, and Zach said yes. And the rest was really history, which is amazing. Um, and it turned into a really great friendship that remains to today, actually. Yeah, the timing of it is really kind of amazing. You and, and Mike Jones recounted in my last episode kind of you know, Jen and Zach just both being in New York, like Zach being on book tour, having a meeting before really any of this took shape. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of incredible. Um, yes, yeah, so, so you do this petition delivery uh, in Orlando and uh, Zach does get a meeting, I believe, with the BSA spokesperson. Um, what did that kind of first experience teach you about, like, how to interact with the BSA? It was interesting, right? Like, they wouldn't approve us actually having space for like a press conference or to engage reporters and you were on the property. Um, it was very kind of hit or miss. We didn't know till like almost right before that we were actually gonna get the meeting. Uh, it just seemed overly secretive and uh, kind of for me reinforced some of what we saw in the power mapping is that this is an organization that really doesn't like to reveal too much of kind of its culture, its approach, it does seem like very mysterious in how they operate, um, which I think gave them a lot of cover in the past. Uh, so it meant that we had to work a little bit harder to figure out 
uh, how to pivot in those moments. So it's like, you know, doing a press conference with the delivery at the gate of mm -hmm, like this, mm -hmm. this, this property, right? This hotel property resort. Uh, and also like them wanting to have like a very controlled environment uh, for this conversation with Zach as well. Um, so I think for us, we just realized this is an organization that's not going to be changing this policy easily. Mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty dug in. And I think there's a lot of ambiguity as to how we even approach organizing here that we need to, we need to figure out. Hmm. Yeah. I know one of the kind of next, uh, you know, attempts at that over the summer or later that summer was uh, a gathering at the National Order of the Era conference in 2012. And that also seemed like a pretty big learning experience for you all. Um, <laughs> can you tell me yeah. a bit, you know, what you had planned and then kind of how it turned out? Yeah, of course. Uh, we, uh, Zach and I really wanted to engage other Eagle Scouts to kind of recruit them into this movement. And we, at this point, we're already seeing, which was really, you know, encouraging um, on these petitions, uh, seeing Eagle Scouts, uh, former scouting families, parents, scout leaders, uh, who were actually self-identifying in the comments on these petitions. So we knew there was like a community out there that was interested and supportive. So really the goal was for uh, uh, Zach and now the newly formed Scouts for Equality to actually build this membership up and to recruit more folks and to also um, make it feel less scary or outsidery, right? Like actually show, no, this is a member organization from within your ranks uh, and we are here to be supportive of the Boy Scouts, not to tear it down or break it. Because I think there was um, some who actually viewed us as a threat or somehow sure. antagonistic as opposed to like, actually, no, this is a movement of people within your ranks that really, really want to see this change. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know the gathering kind of didn't turn out as planned. I don't know if we have time to get into that whole uh, story <laughs> in depth, but suffice it to say, right, not a lot of people showed up. It had been kind of stamped out. Um, and so, you know, how did you pivot from there realizing that you maybe didn't have this kind of internal route to change? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, it speaks back to some of my early encounters and kind of hunches based on that first interaction that like, this is an organization that's not going to easily entertain a policy shift um, and is very rooted in secrecy without going into all the detail. Like they hired a like investigator to like figure out who was actually providing this information at NOAC and uh, ultimately kind of squashed our ability to organize and recruit people to come to this meeting. We had brought a reporter from the New York Times who ultimately didn't get to write the story because <laughs> Uh, the Boy Scouts really kind of crushed that opportunity. So, you know, Zach and I made a plan and like decided to pivot and figure out, okay, let's clearly like these softer touches are not actually getting through. So what are some ways that we can double down and really up the pressure? Um, and that's where like some of the funding campaigns really started to take off, like looking at who is actually driving um, some considerable resources to, to the scouting community. Um, so looking at Intel, UPS were a couple of the first kind of corporate pushes. Uh, we had all, This was a natural kind of progression because we had already seen some successes by going after some of the national board members uh, from like uh, AT&T and Ernst & Young, folks who were part of organizations that were on the record were very pro-LGBTQ and yet 
here they were standing behind this anti-gay policy. So taking that same kind of uh, hypocritical messaging approach, applied it to other companies that were funding scouting, but had very pro-LGBTQ stances uh, and, and policies within their own organizations. And that proved quite effective, actually. From there, you know, pivoted to Verizon and United Way, ultimately. But at that point, enough momentum had moved that uh, we were able to kind of pivot to some other opportunities. But those were the first kind of big wins that uh, really meant to go after BSA's pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know around that same time, there was also a lot of kind of celebrity engagement, some of which was you know, plan some of which wasn't Madonna famously wore a Cub Scout uniform to the GLAAD Awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there, there was a lot that went on in, in really just a few months. And, you know, by the time you reach a year later in May 2013, you know, you're in Texas and the BSA is voting on this. I know I'm skipping a lot of details for the sake of time. <laughs> There's but, so many details, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do want to have you talk about your experience in Texas in May 2013. So I know that was very, very memorable for you. Um, yeah, what was that like being there for the vote? Sure. Um, I mean, so stepping back real quickly, you mentioned like Madonna and some of like the high profile celebrity endorsements. There were U.S. senators speaking out. There were presidential candidates speaking out in support of the policy change. Um, it wasn't by accident. Some of it was part of the momentum that we didn't touch. But for the most part, it was it became this kind of snowball effect. Uh, you know, then the canceled performances at the National Jamboree, very much so driven by petitions as well. Um, and this all happened because of the coalition building we did. Uh, we knew that this had to happen within ranks, as I mentioned. So Zach starting Scouts for Equality and really building a membership organization of Eagle Scouts uh, and Scouts, uh, it was really critical to have that component of the campaign. GLAAD came in as an incredible kind of media and LGBTQ org partner that really could speak to their members about this discriminatory policy in a meaningful way. And Change at Work showed up as kind of a, a strategy messaging partner and providing the tech platform to do to really build the pressure campaigns. Um, so those pieces combined, you know, really set us up well and led to a like identifying a series of campaigns like uh, and spokespeople that kind of joined this group over the years that set us up really well for uh, the national vote. And it's so funny, like I was just looking today, I'm like, wow, we just passed that 10 year anniversary, mm -hmm. which is, it's still like on my calendar. I still like remember that day super well and try to like pause to reflect on it. Um, I think I've shared with you before, Mike, that is for me as, as who considers himself an organizer, one of the most memorable moments of my career uh, and most special kind of places I've, I've been um, so yeah, after this 13 month national campaign with, you know, over 120 some petitions started in our platform and uh, nearly 2 million signatures collected through these petitions to urge the Boy Scouts to change their policy, we were able to actually do the thing uh, and to be in the company of so many of the Scouts and Scout leaders, Scout parents who were part of these these campaigns like Zach was there of course Jen was there uh Greg Burke who was a a, a gay dad and uh scoutmaster who was who was fired uh as a result of being openly gay uh you know we had Will Oliver who was an Eagle Scout who had pushed the voice uh National Geographic actually to um speak out against the Boy Scouts anti-gay policy as a result of their new are you tougher than a Boy Scout 
campaign, which, which was really meant actually to uh, kind of make the uh, the organization feel a bit more relevant to a younger generation. Um, so had you know we had him in the room, uh, Pascal Tessier, who uh, you know a young scout who was you know on the verge of getting his eagle, um, but was told he would not be able to because he's he was openly gay. Um, and he really wanted because his older brother uh, had had been able to receive that rank. So had these folks in the room, um, really excited, passionate, but like had everything to lose, Pascal in particular, you know, like that vote was really going to decide whether or not he's going to get his eagle, uh, which was kind of a heavy feeling, a really powerful feeling. Um, but I remember the moment like super well. It was in the evening of the 23rd. Um, we had done kind of a pre vote press conference to like allow folks to uh each of those those folks i mentioned and some others as well to kind of share their story explain the, the stakes of this vote and what led them here um and i hope <laughs> i hope i get this exactly right this is this is my memory that's seared uh, is like you know there's all these like little tables in this uh kind of conference roomy setup in a hotel um, people are watching their laptops, people are on their phones, there are reporters everywhere, there's cameras from like Reuters and, and, and whatnot all over the room. And suddenly like the room goes a bit quiet and like Zach raises, I remember like he raises his hand and then puts up his finger and smiles and then boom, like the room kind of erupts uh, because that was like the moment he had just gotten heat. Like there were people who were in the vote, obviously communicating with him and Scouts for Equality. And like suddenly all the messages started coming in and the room was just alive. And I look over to Jen Terrell and Jen just busts into tears. She's embracing her son. And then everybody in the room starts just crying eventually. And like that feeling of, you know, in my own little way as being an outsider, not part of this organization, being able to support these like super brave individuals who put everything on the line to create this change. But it's just, yeah, a really very meaningful, the most meaningful thing I think I've, I've been able to do um, and just very, very proud of it. Yeah, I mean, what an incredible memory and, and so special to be in that room. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to ask you, you mentioned all these people who were there, you you created really close relationships with a lot of these folks, you know, it was, it was very personal. And I'm, I'm curious kind of what those relationships meant to you as, as part of this work? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was, for me, like my role in all of this, like, yes, it was in, you know, helping to craft messaging, to, you know, draft talking points, to help them to tighten their stories a little bit, to help uh, wrangle reporters and connect them with reporters, uh, to build out all the logistics of these petition deliveries and these media tours. Um, but at the end of the day, my real job was actually just supporting them on the ground, like making sure they felt in control, they felt uh, comfortable, that they were telling the story they wanted to tell, that they were telling their authentic and showing up in their authentic way. Um, yeah, and you really got a sense of just how raw and real this was. Um, I remember real quickly one particular story with Jen. Um, during her delivery in Dallas, actually, there were some folks uh, that were had like anti-gay signs, some, uh, I think, evangelical folks um, who were pretty loud and saying some nasty things and had some really 
terrible things on their actual signs while she was there with her her family, um, you know, some young kids. And it was really, really hard that like they, you know, we were trying to change the organization to be more inclusive. And they thought it was okay to actually say and do those things around around children. Um, so afterwards being like, like, okay, we need to like maybe cancel a couple of these interviews, take a breath. And we found this little uh, like park that had fountains um, and just, you know, allowed Jen and the kids like run through the fountains and just like wash off all of that, that it, you know, that, that, that disgusting discriminatory language. And realizing like these are yeah these are just humans who who want to do good by the world. So if I can create space where they feel safe and supported um, to be able to like tell their story, that's that's a win in my book. Um, but yeah, to, to this day, we still uh, even I actually I was looking because around this anniversary, somebody's usually going to be posting something or some sort of memory or some photo that they'll re up. Uh, you know, which is which is great, and then everybody starts chatting again. So it is it is like a, a very special little community of folks who, you know, in many ways had to have each other's back um, during some really tense and emotional moments. Yeah, I think that's a really perfect note to leave off on. Um, well, I really appreciate you joining me today, Mark Anthony. Of course, thanks, Mike. <laughs>